0: And um, I was just in, just when Christian was sharing about churches that would like children in the church, the problem was that numbers of years ago they said they didn't, and then they don't get them. Um, you have to be careful about what we desire in God. And so we love today and the opportunity for us just to be able to celebrate uh, Reuben's dedication. And uh, as uh, Christian was just praying and speaking, Chris and Leone, I just thought of that verse again. Just before I come to the word about Psalm 139, it's a a verse that I find a precious promise uh, to my own life, but it talks in very appropriate biblical language about how, um, how the child is formed. And then it speaks about all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And we believe that in God's purpose for Reuben every day, has already been written in the purpose of God and that he will walk into his destiny, uh, that God's got over his life. And uh, what a tremendous thing that is to be able to seal that with prayer this morning. He's got praying parents, praying grandparents, praying friends. He can't go wrong. He's going to be blessed of the Lord. And as I say, we're not talking about perfection. We know sometimes it can go a bit wrong. But the fact is that we exercise forgiveness and we bless each other and we're believing over Samson and Reuben that in the context of the house of God, they're going to be amazingly blessed. And it's a joy for us this morning, friends, as church, to be able to celebrate that and champion that. And you may think, well, I don't know even Chris and only particularly well, and I don't know the family, but the fact, the potential is that you can sow an encouraging word into these little lives in the days ahead. Maybe just saying hello to them or just cheering them on. And it champions all that God wants to do. And I'm thankful that we can still take time to be able to bless children and uh, and pray and, and give the Lord praise for all that he's doing. So we're praying, and we're praying, obviously, for parents as well. 21st century parenting is a big challenge, but it's not impossible by God's help. And we're praying, Chris and Leonie, that you'll be amazingly blessed in your parenting of your two wonderful sons. In Jesus' name. So we're just coming to the word of God this morning. And let me send a very strong signpost because it's 21 minutes to 12. Listen, watch my lips. I am not going to be long. Is that okay? (laughs) So Acts chapter 4 verse 12. The reality is, friends, we're in a church, as Christian said earlier, that loves to praise the Lord and give him thanks because God has become real to us, personal to us. And we love to just open the Word for a little time because the Word of God is food to us. It's water as well. Sometimes we can come in and feel tainted and sullied, but the water comes to wash us. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It creates something in us that gives us that uh, 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 rising in our hearts to believe in the Lord. And this morning, we're just praying over these next few minutes, whether you've been a believer for 40 or 50 years and heard many messages, or whether this morning you, you, you've come to celebrate the wonderful dedication and are perhaps hearing some things for the first time, that in all of this, God will just speak. Now, I can't do that. All I can do, friends, is prepare, share something from my heart, and then allow God to apply it to our hearts in the way that only he, he can. But we've been running with this series as it leads us up to the Easter weekend of There's Only One. And this morning, I want to—if uh, you've, you've got a Bible, just to read a verse. However you, you access that, whether it's through paper version or, or tablet or phone. But Acts chapter four and verse twelve says these words. Acts four and verse twelve. He says, "Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which we must, by which we must, be saved." And so, over the last few weeks, we've been. Looking at a number of aspects that have sought to strengthen afresh the very essence of Christian faith and belief. We recognize that we live in changing times. And those changing times that we live in also bring huge challenges. Some of those challenges are in terms of how, what do we believe? What do we stand for? What is non negotiable? What can we compromise on? And so we go on. And those times are crucial. Because as we strengthen in the life of the Arena Church, we actually lay a legacy for little babies, boys and girls and children coming on, that will pick up in the power of God, that which has been laid onto them, so that we can believe for a great long-term future for Arena Church. And the best of Arena Church is still, the best of the story, friends, is still to be written. The progress, the advancement, the breakthrough, the planting of churches, it's still all to come from us. So we recognize all of that, and in this year of strengthening, we want to do that, not arrogantly or belligerently, but deliberately and intentionally in terms of what we really believe. We talked about the fact there's only one God. And last Sunday morning, I was in uh, near Birmingham at an Indian fellowship of uh, well over 120 people, wonderful time, people that have come together together. Um, in this particular context of the West Midlands, to worship the Lord. Very interesting because some of you will know that in the subcontinent India, there are literally millions of gods. And yet these people, through Jesus Christ, have come to a place of passionate faith to the Lord. And it's wonderful to hear them lift the name of the Lord and praise like we do and be open to God's word, which is a great place to be. God's doing all he wants to do. We talked about there's only one Jesus and that great song that Julie and the band led us in this morning declared again that we're going to sing no other name but Jesus. And then we took a couple of weeks on there's only one Holy Spirit, trying to lay some sort of a, a, a platform from the word. And then a great impartational morning led by Christian as we believe for people to be empowered afresh by the Holy Spirit. Andy reminded us there's only one church. And uh, that church has many different expressions, many different names, many different styles. Sadly, sometimes today, friends, people want to bag that church, but Jesus said he loved it and gave himself for it. And uh, I believe, friends, that, uh, that God is passionate about his church and that the purpose of God are continually going to work out through the church. And then Christian last week reminded us that there's only one name and that uh, it's a name that sits and stands above every other name. And in these moments this morning, I want to just remind us that in all of that, there is only one Savior. Salvation, I'll try and explain it in a moment, is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. We're going to use that word salvation or being saved quite regularly over the next few minutes. And uh, it sits along words like rescue or deliverance. In fact, we've got a Christian denomination that started in this country by a man that grew up in Nottingham that's now worldwide, that carries the very essence of salvation. It's called the Salvation Army. And uh, in 1865, William Booth, by then living in the east end of London, was so impacted by the brokenness around him. uh, People's lives being destroyed by lots of life-controlling issues, as we call it today that he raised up literally an army of people that would reach out and minister. And I want to tell you, friends, those people didn't count the cost. They went to some difficult places. They often came home at night battered and bruised literally through preaching the good news. But hundreds and thousands of people began to follow the Lord. It seems a little bit quirky today with the uniforms and, and whatnot. And they brought some modernization to that. But there's some great people in the Salvation Army, friends, that serve God and reach out into the community. And it was all started with a desire to rescue and to deliver. And of course, there's been many acts over the years of different people. And this morning, I want to just give you three of my favorites of people in this world that have been rescuers or saviors. The first one's Wesley Autry. He's He's a New Yorker. Uh, He he works in construction. And one particular day, Wesley was on the New York subway, the underground, with his two little girls. When all of a sudden, somebody had a seizure and fell onto the track. And uh, they knew by looking at the board that just a few seconds away was the train that was going to roll into the station. And this man's life was in imminent danger. What did Wesley Autry, just an ordinary bloke, trying to earn a living with his two little kids, what did he do in that moment? Well, he jumped onto the track, He dragged this guy into the little sort of gully that sits between between the two tracks and lay on top of him. The man was jerking because of what was taking place in his body. And a few seconds later, the train came whistling into the station. The people had seen all this from the sideline and uh, were thinking, these two guys are dead. When all of a sudden, Wesley says, don't worry, just tell my little girls I'm okay. And the only thing that had happened is the train had knocked his hat off. But both the people were saved to the man that had the seizure that later thanked him publicly. Wesley was his savior. And then what about Mike Golding? Well, Mike Golding's a sailor yachtsman. And uh, Mike was on a round-the-world yachting race solo. I mean, these guys have got to be crazy, haven't they? I mean, question, when do they go to sleep? You know, And uh, but passionate about his sport. <clears throat> and he was in the Southern Oceans. So and we've seen, even in the last few days, as as we've tried to look on at that mystery of the Malaysian airline going missing, that the Southern Oceans are very unforgiving, vast, vast swathes of water. It's very, very difficult to track something, even like a great big 747. Where is it? And we've still not found it five weeks in. But Mike was on this race, and he was second in the race, doing really well. When all of a sudden, by radar and radio, he found out that 80 miles back from where he was, one of his fellow competitors had hit an incredible storm. The ship had been knocked two, and he was in a life raft. What did he do? He turned back. He turned back to rescue his colleague and competitor and took them to the nearest place of haven and safety. For the man that was saved, Mike Golding, was his saviour. And then I'm reading about little Riley Ward, a two-year-old. It seems appropriate for this morning in terms of celebrating little one's and Riley lived just in the next county to us in Leicestershire. And a few months ago, his mum took seriously ill. She had a blood clot in her body, which caused her to collapse. But mummy and daddy had told Riley that if ever there was a problem, he was to ring 999. And he remembered. So he picked the phone up and went 999. And he told the operator, mummy's fallen asleep. The guy on the other end of the phone sort of was sufficiently alert to think we've got a problem here. He Sent the ambulance round. They rescued Mummy in time, they're able to deal with the blood clot in hospital, and she's made a full recovery. And so, to Mummy, Riley was her savior. And so, we could go on. I love these little stories. As you can see, I'm always thinking about messages. (laughs) And so, we could go on, acts through history of heroism, sacrifice, laying down of life as people in a human sense acted as a saviour for someone else. But there's something more important. Because it reminds us, friends, of something that we need to appropriate to all of our hearts. All that we've talked about there is the physical, our lives. But what about our inner being, the spiritual or the eternal? What we might define as our soul. Remember that, you know, when people are in distress, they don't say save our life, they say save our soul, S O S. And the reality is, as good as Wesley Autry, Mike Goldie, and little Riley Ward were, in responding to crisis situations and saving relatives and friends, they can't do anything about that inner situation that impacts all of us. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. His name is Jesus. That's why we've worshipped him this morning. That's why we've unashamedly lifted him high. That's why we've raised the roof in music and song. That's why we've given. That's why we've prayed. Because under the banner of Jesus today, we recognize that he can do something and has that no one else could ever do. See the Bible says friends that there's something that's impacted is inside And it's not a popular word today, but it's called sin. It simply means to miss the mark or to fall short. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wouldn't it be sad if I sat down now and says, Over to Christian and we finish there. But there's good news. Because God saw that we needed a rescue plan. We needed deliverance. We needed someone to come to get us out of the mess. There's only one person that could do it. His name was Jesus, and God did that because salvation is His very heart. Isaiah twelve two says that God is my salvation. As we read in Acts four twelve, it is only through Jesus. And listen, this is the good news. It's for every one of us. Acts two twenty one. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He said, "Phil, I'm not one of them religious types." There's stuff in my life I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't want anybody to know about. You're just a person that God loves. Maybe you've wandered and strayed. Maybe you've got into some pain. Maybe there's been some doubts in your life. Maybe you got angry with God about something. But whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, the biblical definition of salvation is simply this. Deliverance or rescue from sin and its consequences. And boy, they're huge at times. Through Jesus Christ. Let me quote to you a great salvation verse in the Bible. As a little kid in Sunday school, it was the first verse that I ever learned off by heart. By the way, last week in the Indian church, all of a sudden they had the kids out at the front and Pastor Wesley said to me, oh, this is a bit of a tradition in the Indian community, uh, Phil. He says, we, we still teach memory verses. Can I, any of you remember memory verses in Sunday school? You've got to be old like me to do it, but but... He to teach them. There was normally some sweets as an incentive, which helped, you know. And these kids got up last week. And he pointed, he's always like, yeah, that girl there, she's 11. She's learnt over a 100 verses off by heart. Just loved it. Word of God dwelling in you, richly. It's just amazing. And uh, so, Bible verse. I was in Sunday school class. The Sunday school teacher wrote it on the board. He seemed to go on forever. He said, but if you'll learn this verse off by heart, next week you'll have a bag of sweets. That was it. I was hooked. (laughs) And I'm going to quote it, authorised version, okay? For God's soul of the world, that he gave his only begotten, that special son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If it sounds like another language, it is. It's the authorised version. It was written in 1612, and lots of us have sort of, you know, sort of weaned ourselves on, sometimes reluctantly, other versions to help us communicate well. But that was it. First verse I ever learned. I've never forgotten it. It's a wonderful salvation verse. Maybe at the World Cup this year, we we'll get guys holding up John 3:16. Remember that face where people everywhere it was John 3:16. This is where it comes from. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish forever, but have everlasting life. Here's how somebody defined this verse. God so loved the greatest love, the world the greatest company, that he gave the greatest act, his only son the greatest gift, that whoever the greatest simplicity believes the greatest opportunity, in him the greatest promise. Shall not perish the greatest difference, but the greatest certainty. Have eternal life, the greatest possession. How do we respond to all of that? See, faith calls for a response. And around this room, people have stepped into faith in different ways. You've heard Christian. It's an 11-year-old lad. Something happened. I need Jesus. Jesus. We've got people in the church that have been in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s and 60s until that need has gripped their life. And we're passionate about children, boys and girls, young people through Josh and the guys leading them and just encourage them to give their lives to Jesus young and really serve the Lord. But it may be that you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. You say, I've never done that. I never even No, I needed to, but I know there's something in here that's never been rescued. And the reality is, friends, and the importance is that that will literally affect us forever. So if salvation is found in no one else, for there was no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved, how do we respond? Here we go. We respond urgently. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Now, it's the day of salvation now is the accepted time. Sharon's got a brother uh, who's quite a number of years old. All families used to have kids for years and years, didn't they? So, Peter's a lot older than her, and he's a procrastinator. It means putting things off. When I retire, Sharon, I'll give my life to Jesus. When I've got the, this sort of, I, he's still not done it, he's still not done it. You know, some of us can be plotting 30, 40, 50 years ahead, but this week, as we woke up, we were confronted with a 25-year-old young lady with two kids that had gone into eternity. Seems unexplainable. It's probably happened several times around the country, but this person's surname was Galdoff, and it drew our attention. Peaches Galdoff. Lovely-looking 25-year-old lady. No longer on this earth. Now's the day of salvation. Need to be ready. And then we respond individually. Everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You heard Christian this morning talking about little Reuben, about this is not bringing him into faith, it's setting a scene where he can come to faith. And the reality is that as good as his mum and dad's faith is and his grandparents', there's got to come a day when he's got to do his own believing. And you may say, well, my mum and dad are Christians, I think they're fantastic. And my grandma, I know she prays for me. And my friends, but are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Have you done your believing? It's individual. And then thirdly, we do it believingly. Romans ten nine, Because if we believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. And the wonderful thing about God's salvation is this. That we've been saved past salvation. We are being saved, present. The long word, sanctification, but it means that we're on a journey becoming more and more like Jesus, and we will be saved. Destination. Because such people that respond to the recognition that there's only one Savior, and that salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved, will be with the Lord forever. What a wonderful message it is, friends, the Christian faith. Do you know something? It's just for you. Thank you.